0: You are listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church, located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate. A note to all our listeners. At the beginning of this audio recording, due to technical difficulties, the first few minutes were lost. We're very sorry. Thank you for listening.
1: If there's a lot of people who want to come, we may have to move to the sanctuary, but if it's just a few, then we'll stay in Greta's office. And we're going to start right after the church service, so please bring your coffee and lunches and whatever else. Thanks very much.
2: Thank you, Mike and Florence. Is Are there any other minute spots? Any other announcements? That's enough, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. The floor is yours, Scott.
3: I think I mentioned last week about the the feeling that when a a disaster, when difficulties happen and it's someplace you've been or someplace you know or it happens closer to home it seems more real. And one of the strongest points that I get out of being here is that um, it doesn't matter if I know that place or I know those people or whether they're close to me or not. They're part of the human family or part of the nat- the natural world family and it affects us all. And that's that big thing called being grounded in life. Um, it's hard to be stay grounded in that when you turn your news on, but but we do that together, and then we keep asking, how do we live this life lovingly? How do we make those decisions? And we need to get wiser and wiser, and you help me with that, and let's help each other with that. And, uh, and loving kindness is the word that comes to mind so often. Loving kindness, and that's in this song.
2: And with that, we will move to the readings for today. They're from a couple of sources. The first one is from Daniel Suarez. Perfect replication is the enemy of any robust system. Lacking a central nervous system, much less a brain, the parasite is a simple system designed to compromise a very specific target host. And the more uniform the host, the more effective the infestation. Second reading, same person. But if they're so successful, why haven't parasites taken over the world? Well, the answer is simple, they have, we just haven't noticed. That's because successful parasites don't kill us, they become part of us. They make us perform all the work to keep them alive and help them reproduce. Third reading is by Justin K. McFarland-Bow. The more leeches that are affixed to a host, the less resources there are to siphon from said hosts per parasite. The ability to only absorb energy without the ability or desire to reproduce it in a productive manner is a dangerous, unsustainable, albeit attractive, long-term method of collapse and decline. Offered as wisdom for the journey.
1: So there's a lot happening around here, like so much happening, um, that I'm recycling focused moments for the next few weeks, just telling you. <laughs> so last week I recycled one from 2016, and this one is from 2014. Uh, hopefully it will slide into uh, some of the comments that I make regarding Parasite uh, in a few moments. Tales of High Intrigue. Of loves lost, valor lived, courage in the face of treachery, justice at the very end, draw our attention, covet our eyes. We are fascinated by stories that remind our imaginations of emotions we once felt, visions we once dreamt. Truths we once held up as essential, yet let languish unattended as we pursued other options. Beneath the stories that thrill our hearts lies a deeper narrative that, true or not, paves the road upon which we will walk. May we feel the path beneath our feet. Be attentive To its direction And as we come to know its power May we come also to know our own As those who would choose beyond the narrative We challenge ourselves May it be so to put my microphone on, so I'm kind of stuck here. My apologies, I'm not going to be wandering around. Um, those of you who have seen me in my stocking feet, um, that's because I went for another brisk walk the other day, and I uh, have huge blisters on my heels again. have to figure that out. This time I even had mole skin on, so I'm a little frustrated, but um, but uh, we shall carry on. So, uh, so uh, there weren't many of you who have seen the movie Parasite. Can you show me your hands again? I think there's... Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we'll go for some little, you know, self-care in the other room uh, when we're finished <laughs> or after the coffee because it is a cataclysm of a movie. It is, uh, I said to Scott, it's probably one of the best movies I have ever seen. Ever seen in terms of the layers, uh, the, the, the way that it opens the story up bit by bit as you watch it until, you know, this incredible ending, uh, or, uh, what's it called? Sur ending, just before the ending. Um, and then the ending itself is, is another layer, uh, which you have to think through. I I don't read anything as I've said before I don't read anything about a movie before I go to see it Uh, I just go to see it and then um, you know try to find my way uh, to interpret what it means for each of us individually or for us as a group or for me personally, as I read some of the responses to it over the the time uh, between when I see the movie and when I speak about it. And this is, we've been doing uh, Academy Awards series for many years now, I don't know how long, at least eight or nine, I think. And as I said last <laughs> week, um, having seen Parasite, uh, I I make an excuse for myself because I choose the movies based on the 14A approved uh, trailers. So I sometimes choose movies that are uh, beyond our um, appetite for what they're going to show us on the screen. Uh, And Parasite was certainly one of those movies that has way more to show you on the screen than you expect that it will. Uh, But... I remember many years ago and I went looking for the article and found Oh, I will have a trailer to show you. Thank you, Peter.
0: Thank <laughs> 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 okay. you. Uh, 내 얼굴도 뵙고 좋더라 건강들 하시고 일관리가 없으셔도 네가 내 대신 얘 과외 선생님 좀 해줘라 영어 대학생인 척하라는 거야? 불화를 좀 치지 뭐너이 응. 좋은 실력으로 왜 미대는 나 떨어지냐
2: 아 죽을래
0: 저는 이게 위조나 문제라고 생각하지 않아요 참으로 시기적절하다 나들이 응. 원래 참 잘할 수가
3: 그 할머니는 뭐랄까
2: is it okay with you? 우리 다송이는 완전 예술가 재질인데.
0: 진 그린 거죠?
2: 자화상이에요. 역시. 그동안 미술쌤들 여러 명 바꿔가면서 해봤는데요. 제가 사람 하나가 계속 깊하고 떨어났는데. 아삭아. Jemma, Harry,
3: Whoa, to to I'm deadly serious.
1: last week's trailer. Uh, it's mostly subtitles, so I'm not sure that all of you caught what those subtitles were. I might've, it might have been helpful for me to sit up here and read them, but, um, but I do encourage you to see it. I wasn't going to encourage you to see it before, but now I think you need to see it. But just remember that if you put your hands over your eyes, you can't read the subtitles. Just saying. So there you go. That's my warning. So the concept, of course, is the parasite and what a parasite is uh, and the relationships uh, in the movie that many of which are parasitical relationships, if that's the word. Um, The article that I was going to refer to, uh, many years ago, I remember reading an article or watching something on a news show, which was about um, hookworms. Uh, being used to solve some medical problems, particularly immune no deficiency uh, diseases. And so, someone would get their hookworms in the mail, they'd slap the sheet on their arm, the worms would go into their body, and their uh, system would go into a kind of stasis, uh, homeostasis, which they had lost because of some of the imbalances. And the the research was triggered because they noticed that people who have a high level of these hookworms or different kinds of worms—not just hookworms, but a variety of different kinds of uh, parasitic worms—in them don't have particular diseases that other uh, populations do. And so, in the study of that, uh, they transferred those worms to individuals. Um, I don't know that I could actually do that. Um, I would have to be feeling really bad before I would do that, but uh, the effects on many people are very, very positive, and most of the worms apparently don't have negative medical uh, possibilities. A couple of them do, uh, so ask your doctor first before, in, you know, slapping them on your arm. Um, But the idea is that a parasite uh, functions within a system that is already functioning, right? So the system is going on in a certain way. A parasite comes in and takes advantage of that system and so thrives, has uh, all of its needs met, and simply uh, reproduces in that, in that space, maintaining the homeostasis of the host. And so there's no particular loss. It's all kind of a win-win for the parasite, you know, except, as our third reading uh, suggests, that if you get too many leeches, which aren't pr- actually parasites, I don't think, um, they can overburden the host to the point that, they, uh, that it breaks down. So the premise is that this family, uh, Korean family, and I must apologize, I have not taken the time to accurately memorize the pronunciation of the names, so I'm merely going to refer to the characters uh, as the positions that they play. And I recognize that it is my responsibility to do that. I did not do that this week, so I apologize. Um, But the premise is that there is a family who lives in a semi uh, subterranean apartment. So they have windows that uh, look up at the road level and their apartment is below. Uh, at one point, you or several points throughout the movie, you see that their bathroom is situated such that you have to climb up to get to the toilet, which is really at almost street level, uh, above everything else in the apartment. And they are living there doing absolutely anything they possibly can to make a little bit of money in order to survive. And it seems that there's an entire class of people who function like this uh, in their city. Uh, they live in these subterranean apartments. Uh, they're not respected by most of the um, upper classes or even probably the the middle classes of the society. Uh, and they're looked down on. But they will do anything to try to survive. And so we watch them go through a number of different things. Um, at one point, the whole family is folding pizza boxes, which they're being paid for. Uh, but when they, those pizza boxes are picked up, the person who picks them up says, I can't pay you for these. You know, half of them aren't even folded properly. So they get into a back and forth about uh, the demands of folding pizza boxes. Uh, and the family moves on to another uh, enterprise trying to uh, make some money. So along comes a friend of the sons, and he has been teaching English to, uh, the child of a family, an upper class family, uh, who are living in this amazing mid-century architecturally uh, designed home, uh, which has, uh, it has in it, it's mostly all sculptural, uh, Furniture, furnishings, and artwork, and uh, the fixtures are all sculptured as though they were all created uh, by the architect. The architect had lived in the home previous, and there's nothing really personal except one wall of a few family pictures uh, on the wall, which included that uh, drawing that you saw in the in the trailer that the young boy had done. So this friend of the, of the son of this subterranean family, semi-subterranean family, uh, a friend comes and visits him and he's going off to university. And when he goes, he's wondering if the, if his friend might take on the English tutoring of the daughter in this family that he has been tutoring for so long. And the reason he wants him, he says, why don't you just get somebody else who can do it? He goes, because somebody else is going to fall in love with this girl, and I'm in love with her, and I know that I can trust you, right? So he goes, oh, okay, fine. So he says, but I don't have any credentials. And he goes, well, just fake it. Like, how are they going to know, right? So he agrees to take uh, on the daughter as a student, and... He goes and introduces himself to the family. He spends uh, time with the daughter. And, of course, in their first lesson, she indicates that she's somewhat attracted to him, and so he kisses her. Not sure what that trust level that the friend had with him, you know, how that was borne out, but immediately he takes advantage of the situation uh, with the young girl. And while he is there, uh, he sees the, the art that this young boy does, and he starts talking to the mother about it, and you see that moment when he, oh, he has this brilliant idea on the stairs as he's leaving uh, one of the days, whether it's the first day or the tenth day, I don't know. Uh, but he says, I know someone who can be an art art teacher for him, and he recommends his sister. Of course, he doesn't say it's his sister. He says it's some distant person who is like an expert who's very hard to get uh, her expertise uh, to teach, but um, he could ask her and see if she would come. So, of course, she comes, and when you saw her outside, she's doing that. sounds like she's doing a little rhyme. It's going through the, the actual um, things that they have, lies that they have told. So she has all the lies in her head, and she doesn't get mixed up. So she goes in and she turns into not just an art teacher, but by looking at the child's work, she convinces the mother that the child has a very deeply rooted psychological disorder that is coming out in his artwork, and that she is an art therapist who can spend much more time with him and help him work through that. Now, there did seem to be a complete transition in his behavior. Um, he went from being sort of out of control and crazy to uh, doing exactly what she asked him to do, uh, which was, you know, an incredible transformation. The mother was so impressed, and so, of course, she uh, decided to hire her. Shortly after... They determined that the daughter, who's being driven home by their uh, driver, the, the park Parks is the family who's uh, the wealthy family, and the Parks have a driver who is employed full time uh, to drive the father around back and forth to work and to uh, serve the family in other ways. And so when the, the daughter is being driven home because it's raining, she decides that she could probably get her father a job, who has driven for this, 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 and they've all closed, uh, get her father a job as a driver. So she takes her panties off and leaves them in the car, right? Because then the father, on his way to work, notices the panties, Figures that the driver is having illicit sex in the back seat of his car, and of course fires him. And of course, then the father uh, of the subterra- subterranean uh, apartment gets the job as the driver. And it only takes a little bit of scheming to have a new housekeeper required as well. And that is the mother. So that sets it up. And the question is, who are the parasites? In this movie as we're watching it you you it's there's pr- some obvious parasites right the fam- the subterranean family uh, are parasites on this wealthy family right uh, the wealthy family is a parasite upon the culture that uh, allows them privileges that that so many people in the population don't have access to and so the the idea the layers of uh, parasitic activity uh, are many and they continue to unfold throughout the movie in surprising ways. Uh, you're not that that bit of the story. That's like this much of the story, right? Like that's this much of the story. Uh, there is so much that looms in this. One of the reviews that I was very impressed with was I was impressed with the concept was from the Washington Post who spoke about stairways. There are so many stairways in this movie. Uh, you saw uh, the mother with her dog going up the stairs in the house for the first lesson, art lesson, and the, the son, uh, who's now, not art lesson, sorry, English lesson, the new English uh, tutor, is following behind her. Those stairs are used many times. Uh, you see and they 're very carefully shot. This is an incredibly artistic movie. Uh, every scene is is exquisitely shot uh, that 's all that 's the only way I can describe it It, it is exquisitely shot, uh, even the ones that I had my hands over my eyes i 'm pretty sure they were too. Um, so there, so there's the stairway that takes uh, this subterranean family up to street level, where they sometimes attack people who urinate against their walls. Uh, so it takes them up to the street level. There are stairways that t- that take you from the street level to the home, which is which is designed to be accessed by stairs. It takes those who are on this lower common level, uh, the, the sort of public level of the home to the intimate levels of the home and then there are stairs that go down from that public level into the depths of the home that disclose all kinds of other realities happening uh, in the family's life. So I was compelled by this idea of stairways and how much they reflected uh, the sub-context that was taking place in the story. Um, one of the reviews that you saw up there, that the the statements was that it's an incredible uh, story about class structure. And it is that very much so, that it uh, Looks at class structure uh, critically uh, from many different perspectives at one point, there is a flood. it starts to rain, and it 's a torrential amount of rain, something like we saw here uh, yesterday uh, the number of of uh, uh, what are they called um, Records, the number of records for flooding that were or for rain that were broken yesterday is unbelievable through this region, like almost every area the no, the amount of water that that came down uh, was broke records all around the gta but in this they as they 're on their way home in this pouring rain, they realize that you know their their apartment is probably underwater. And sure enough, they get in and things are floating around all over the place. The toilet is belching black sewer water out into the space. Um, and you believe it's uninhabitable, right? Nope. We'll just, we'll just keep on. This is where we live. So they just cleaned it up and kept on living there. Another one of the topics that is, um, that is presented is the idea of smell and the parks the wealthy family begin to notice that some of their um some of their newly hired people smell and the, the young child actually the young boy at one point runs from one of them to another one and tells his mother that they smell the same and then says and they they smell the same as this other one too like th- at least three of the people in this house smell exactly the same and it's the smell of that uh, class that lives in those semi-subterranean apartments uh, who can never get away from uh, the challenges of living in that and the smells and the realities and the the filth uh, of those areas. So when I wanted to uh, think about what to speak about this movie, um, it became challenging to consider uh, what it was I could say without ruining the movie, right? I can't tell you what happens in the movie. Uh, I don't want to have any spoilers. So it's a bit of a challenge. But if we focus mostly on the idea of parasites, we can take a look at it. And that's why the readings all focus on parasites. Um, This simple system that gets in place that helps us uh helps us medically or helps them medically or has some kind of way of of uh, creating or establishing a homeostasis that is okay for the host because the parasite can only survive if the host survives, right? If the host does not survive, the parasite doesn't have a home, and it doesn't have a host, and it will not survive either. So the idea is to create this homeostasis. And, and it is true that parasites have taken over the world. I remember uh, in one of my classes back in... Um, in a uh, university learning about nematodes. How many of you know about nematodes? It's a pretty common thing to know. But the thing that stuck in my head was if, um, if some system immediately erased your ability to see the body and all you could see was nematodes, right? That's all you could see. You would still see a perfectly shaped body and everything, right? Because the nematodes are so plentiful in us that they would provide the same shape as our bodies and our heads and everything because they're there. So we are filled with parasites that uh, that have created and established that homeostasis and that live just perfectly well within us and we live perfectly well without with them. I'm not sure what would happen if suddenly we were nematode-free. Right? We might collapse. Our, our bodily systems may not function anymore. We might suddenly, um, grow to three times our size because the nematodes are usually burning some of that stuff off, right? And helping us excrete it. So who knows what would happen if we didn't have nematodes? Um, but we, uh, we survive in that homeostasis, uh, and have learned to thrive in it as well. But that's not what happens in the movie. In the movie, one thing kind of uh, triggers another one, which trips something else, which sparks something else, which creates uh, something falling over, and then the whole thing starts um, coming apart. And it's a it's a powerful uh, deconstruction of what uh, that has been set up within the class society. Uh, that uh, Bong is, is reviewing, the filmmaker is reviewing. He is making a critical assessment of a society that seems to function well on the surface, but is stating that if one or two things happened, this entire system could collapse. This entire system could be the French Revolution, uh, you know, with somebody blinking the wrong way at the wrong time. Right, and he's recognizing that it's a fragile system. At least I believe that's what he's trying to do. Um, and so, so the movie itself uh, brings that to the fore in a very creative, uh, very surprising, uh, unexpected way, uh, graphic, uh, and challenging. But it invites us to look at the systems that function within our own worlds and, dis- and discern which of those systems are operating for our benefit, which ones we are plugging ourselves into so that we can take the benefit of another system, where we are the parasites in that system, uh, and how uh, do we maintain that? How do we allow this one and how do we maintain that one? Because what became apparent was that there wasn't a single person in that society that didn't have a parasitic relationship somewhere. So we all have these parasitic relationships, whether they're operating on us uh, as the host or whether we are operating as the parasites on another host. So in order to get away from the, uh, the fear of um, telling you what the movie is about before you get to see it, I'm going to go to a metaphorical construction of the parasite. And invite you to think about not necessarily the systems in which we live and function and perhaps uh, take advantage of parasitically or are taken advantage of in that manner, but to think more about our, our worldviews and how the way we see and understand ourselves and try to figure out how those stories how those stories uh, allow us to continue to function in ways that allow us to thrive, or if not thrive, at least to continue to exist. So what is my understanding about myself? How do I see myself that allows me to keep functioning? Um, I've set up a worldview about myself that is carrying on, carrying on, carrying on, carrying on. I don't have to go back and check it out. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to critique it. It's just functioning inside me and it keeps me going forward every day. Because that's what a parasite does. Functions inside you and it keeps you going forward every day. So if we were to think of our worldviews in that way, where would we get to? What's my worldview about myself? That I, uh, contribute to society? That I'm, uh, that I function, uh, in a world that, um, That supports extroverts, but I'm an introvert and I've learned to figure that out. Uh, that I have an incredible capacity to articulate the English language, right? That I like metaphors more than I like, uh, definitions. That I am not an artist. I couldn't draw something if my life depended on it. Uh, but I could be an artist in terms of moving furniture around in a room and coming up with a pleasing arrangement. All of these different stories I tell myself, and they keep me going forward. And you have a collection of those stories as well. And when you go home, I'm hoping you're going to think about those stories. So the question becomes, as this movie challenges uh, the, the class system uh, and questions of integrity and honesty and what one deserves and what one doesn't, and the difference between one's perception of that and what others' perception of that might be. I mean, we can talk about all of those things, and those are very important things to talk about, but if we function with worldviews that operate as parasites in the sense that they just keep us rolling along, right? When do we ever stop and question whether or not those are accurate or appropriate? When do we ever stop and think? Well, maybe, maybe I am an artist, which is absolutely untrue. This <laughs> is definitely you know out there. But maybe I uh, am not as articulate as I should be around these issues. Or maybe when someone says something confrontational to me, I think I'm a very strong person and I will respond to them. Um, but maybe if I was to Look at that, I would find out that actually I'm not. So, what system is in play in me? What story is in play in me that limits my capacity to respond in that way? What story is in place in me that tempers my ability to engage in a community where I don't know anyone? Like to walk into a room with and not know anyone, I, my. Choice is to walk out of the room again, but I'll stay there. So what system is in play there that makes me want to walk out of the room so strongly for self-preservation that I might want to tweak? I think we all have those stories inside us that give us a very comfortable day. They give us a very comfortable evening, very comfortable week, very comfortable year, but are there stories that could be told if we were actually taking the opportunity to explore those uh, realities that help us get through every day? Make no mistake, we would not survive a day if we had to explore each one of those stories every moment. Okay, before I do this, I have to consider how this is going to impact me, how it impacts other, what are the truths that I have? uh, What did I get from my parents? How am I responding to the fact that my sister drives me crazy? What's that got to do in these stories? If I had to think of everything like that before I made a decision, we'd all die, right? Like it would kill us. So we use them to maintain our lives. But there are points at which we have to start asking questions about them. And I know there's lots of people here who ask those questions, right? Sometimes we don't get very far with them, but we start asking the questions. And once we start asking the questions, we get to engage in a system that is actually malleable, that is actually fluid, that is actually something that could perhaps be better for ourselves, for the people around us, as stronger, more committed, maybe more vocal about things in a maybe uncomfortable way, uh, but it's something different, which may feel like a cop-out to you when it comes to this movie, that I'm talking about worldviews instead of talking about class, uh, that I'm talking about um, the systems that keep us doing what we're doing and comfortable instead of talking about the systems outside of us that keep us in place and acting in particular ways. Maybe that's a cop-out. I think the end of the movie um, is challenging, very challenging, uh, because it portrays the establishment of a parasitic relationship uh, that is approved of by most of us. um, And that relationship is one that most of us should be questioning instead of holding to. Um, last week, one of the questions I asked uh, when we were exploring uh, the movie was, how many of you think you have enough money? Hardly any one of you put your hands up. Like it was it was telling. Um, most of us have more money than probably at least a third of the people in this city, right? Um, most of us have uh, comforts and securities that those uh, that those many uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people don't have. Uh, yet we see ourselves as not having enough, and that's the story uh, that that we have been sold from the time we were born. That we'll never have enough. That there's not enough to go around. That we've got to get our piece of the pie, or we won't be able to survive. And if we took that belief, that parasitic worldview, if I may, if we took that out and we started saying, what is enough? And do I have it? And is there enough to go around? And what would that look like? And what might I have to give up or what might I have to contribute to make that happen? And I think that conversation is one that is raised by the end of the movie, uh, The Parasite. It's a conversation that is, uh, that has found its time, I believe, in the crisis that we're facing in terms of the world's health and, uh, and sustenance. Sustainability is the word, not sustenance. It doesn't eat anything. Um, the sustainability of the earth, that question, uh, do we have enough? And what would it look like if we all did and if we believed there was enough? I'll leave you with that. I'm happy to have a conversation with you about the movie after you've seen it uh, that's fuller, um, but do remember that no subtitles, you know, you might go with someone who swears they're going to not put their hands over their fin- their fingers over their eyes and read the subtitles to you, but um, I'm pretty sure you can get the gist of the movie um, as you cover your eyes towards the end. So that's all I have to say. I hope that uh, that you get to see it, and that we continue these conversations, and uh, that you too uh, find it a brilliant, brilliant movie uh, that is shot with exquisite, exquisitely designed shots. Every shot is balanced and beautiful. The lighting, that anyway, it's, it's just gorgeous. So I would highly recommend that you see it. Um, and then I'd be happy to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Don't wait to see it on Hallmark because it's not Yes, it'll never be on Hallmark. Absolutely never going to make it to Hallmark. Yes,
3: that's right. Is it black and white or
1: color movie? No, it's a color, it's a color movie, full color movie. Yeah, yeah, full color. That's why I had to cover my eyes. <laughs> Our stories live in our hearts. We carry them around with us. Uh, they interact in our relationships, in our work, in our dreams, in our hopes. Uh, they're there safe and they allow us to function. But if any of you have been to a really good therapist, they know how to get those stories outside of you so that you can look at them uh, with whatever kind of distance uh, you can bear. And then you might start picking them apart and writing new stories and finding that life is completely different uh, than what you thought it was. Which of course gives you the opportunity to write a new life, a new story. So go from this place into a world that would tell you how everything is supposed to be and pull the stories out of the heart of the world. Understand how it thinks it wants to operate and put your words, your stories into that. And do not shirk the work of looking at your own because there is always much that we can learn from ourselves. Go from this place in peace.
3: We're moved by a vision Justice and compassion are everywhere supreme, joined with one another in the work that lies ahead, making out our common dreams.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from West Hill United Church located in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. These podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our listeners, volunteers, and members of our community. To donate, go to our website, www.westhill.net, and click on the Canada Helps button, or go to www.westhill.net forward slash donate.